Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for Palm Sunday, April 13th, 2014. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon is entitled, Parading on Park Road. You gotta love a parade. Festive and celebratory, these events mark something special. A holiday like Christmas, or a World Series victory, or the two most famous of all, the Rose Bowl Parade and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Most everyone loves a parade. Bands and clowns and candy throwing beauty queens and floats and fire trucks, political dignitaries and gymnasts and motorcycles and horses, all of these fit so perfectly together in a parade. Crowds will line the streets for miles, and as long as the parade is passing by, people will wave. How did this get started? Who came up with this idea and how did they get people to buy in? It's kind of a crazy thing, isn't it? But it's also tons of fun. I would say that it's virtually impossible to go to a parade and not get a bit caught up in it all. I would almost dare you to go to a parade and not wave one time. I would dare you to not smile and not crane your neck to see who or what was coming down the street next. And so as Jesus entered Jerusalem, the people couldn't help themselves. They formed a parade route. The only thing that was missing was the marching band and the candy-throwing beauty queens. But apparently he didn't need that. The crowds just grabbed what they could find, their cloaks, their coats, their palm branches, and they welcomed him to town just as if he had been named the MVP of the World Series. If they had had a foam finger indicating number one, they would have worn it and waved it mightily. The people had been looking for a king, someone with power and might and military prominence. They had been looking for someone to ride in on a white horse and save the day. And there he was, triumphant and in all his glory, parading into the holy city of Jerusalem. And they shouted, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. The modern-day chant would have been more akin to, you're number one, you're number one, or, yes, we can, yes, we can, or, four more years, four more years, because they didn't know he only had a week. Because... Then and now, we are so fixated on anything that makes us the best, the winner, number one. They wanted it as much as we do. In my study this week, 
I read about several churches whose tradition on Palm Sunday includes not just having the children parade in with their palm branches, but the whole church grabs palm branches, each person, and they parade out of their sanctuary and through their neighborhood. One commentator wrote of his experience a few years ago, he says, I was visiting a congregation in downtown Washington, D.C. on Palm Sunday. It gathers for worship in a historic and challenged urban environment and has a remarkable history of social concern and activism. On Palm Sunday at this church, the, tra the tradition is to march with palms, not simply around the sanctuary, but around the neighborhood. So the man that experienced this said, having just heard the story of Jesus' entrance into the capital city of Israel, accompanied by his faithful disciples and hopeful crowds, he said, I felt a rush of exuberance to be doing the same thing, lauding Jesus' name and witnessing to our hope of salvation in him in our own capital city. He said, though, at the same time, I felt a bit trivial, even a tad bit foolish, as I marched seemed to make no impression on anyone. Most folks glanced our way for just a moment and then went back to their conversations or to their cup of coffee. A few folks smiled their encouragement. Most of those who watched our progress for any length of time just looked puzzled, perhaps wondering what we were doing. No one joined our parade, he said. No one shouted out, Hosanna, with us. But that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Jesus wasn't a beauty queen or a mayor or even Santa Claus. Those are the ones we cheer for. He didn't carry the clout that comes with the celebrity status. And he didn't carried the clout that comes with a political dignitary and he didn't carry the clout that comes with a professional athlete. He would never have hogged a camera holding up his index finger shouting, number one, baby! It just wasn't who he was. The people that hailed him triumphant that day they want the religious or the government leaders. Those would be the ones that would be plotting to kill him about now because of the threat he held to their understanding of power. That day, I imagine, he was hailed triumphant by the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the sinners. On his parade route, it was the lepers that cheered him and the children. The poor were the ones yelling for him. It was the crippled and the blind and the lame. It was the day laborers shouting for Jesus that day. This one that was cheered and hailed as triumphant would be the one to die a criminal's death humiliated before all. 
There really isn't a marching band song that fits that story, is there? And clowns and cheerleaders and beauty queens, well, they would be downright inappropriate to any Jesus parade. But that's the kind of parade that we like to throw. Today's two words, triumphant versus sacrifice. So the guy that joined the Washington, D.C. parade asks, is it little wonder that the city folk are confused? There's nothing about Jesus, his entrance into the city, his confrontation with authority, his brutal and lonely death. There is nothing about Jesus that would inspire anyone to devotion. He comes not in power, but in weakness. Not in might, but in vulnerability. Not in judgment, but in mercy. Not in vengeance, but in love. He comes not triumphant, but sacrificial. Nothing about Jesus' way inspires our kind of folks to devotion. Nothing about him conforms to the expectation of a world that has come to believe that all things that, to believe above all things that might makes right, or at the very least that might wins. So I got to picturing a parade a Palm Sunday parade on Park Road. Before you start worrying, I'm not going to ask you to come get a palm branch and walk down the road. But it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Maybe we can, in our mind's eye, start at the corner of Woodlawn and Park. And let's head uptown, passing the iconic Park Road shopping center, complete with its new facelift then past the front of our very own church, then by homes that are being remodeled and enlarged left and right, then we get to St. Anne's Catholic Church, then the YWCA, then our good friends at St. Luke's Lutheran, and then Catholic Middle School, and then Avondale Prez, and then Holy Comfort Episcopal, and then the gas station, and then more houses, and more and more businesses, not to mention all the cars coming and going, and buses too, until we finally get to the heart of Uptown and that gorgeous new baseball stadium. Have you seen it? And I wonder what would be the words rolling off our tongues. If we had a Park Road Palm Parade, would we be shouting, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, which means nothing to us today. I think our culture would expect us to yell, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, he is awesome. He's the best. He's the brightest. He's beautiful. He's smart. He's a champion. 
He's the bomb. That's the way many Christians try to sell Jesus, you know. And that message would be the best way to get others to buy in because we are always looking for the best and the brightest and the most successful. We want to be champions. When I was the minister of college students in Clemson, South Carolina, I had a student who wore, I am not kidding, she wore an old champion spark plug around her neck like a necklace. And she wanted that to be the new symbol for Jesus instead of a cross. A champion spark plug. It didn't catch on. <laughs> Thank God. But in her mind, it was her symbol for Jesus. Instead of a cross, she wanted a champion spark plug to speak about who Jesus was because he was her champion. He was the champion. He had overcome it all, and he was the champion of us all, and we could really buy into a champion. I think she missed Jesus' message. He wasn't into championship mentality. He was more about service and humility and sacrifice, and that just doesn't sell. He was about giving himself away for another, and we just don't want to do that. He was about losing his life, if that's what it meant to preach his message about taking care of the poor and being a voice for those who had no voice, and that's just too hard. He wasn't so much about winning souls as losing himself, even his very own life, for the sake of another. So go back to our palm parade on Park Road. Can you picture us yelling, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. He's a servant leader. He's humble and merciful. He says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. He says that love is the most important thing, more important than anything else, power, money, prestige. He says that success is measured in how much you give yourself away. We're waving our palm branches, remember? He says you may have to die for your cause if your cause is based on loving your neighbor. He says you'll have to feed the hungry and clothe the poor and give shelter to the homeless. Come on, everybody. Strike up the band. Jesus is coming to town and he's calling us to sacrifice. Ain't nobody going to join that parade. If we're honest. The whole triumphal entry thing gets pretty hyped. It was a celebration that turned pretty sour when everyone remembered who he was and what he stood for. His message ended up being too much for the powers that be to take and not enough for his followers to embrace. The rulers would kill him and his deserters and his followers would desert him because then and now we would rather be triumphant than sacrificial.
I don't think our American culture of triumphalism would get Jesus' stamp of approval. Our strivings to be the best were simply not on his agenda. The things he cared more about are all the ways that we are failing as a people. Compared to other Western industrialized nations, we have one of the highest poverty rates and spend the least on social programs to help the poor. Up to 100 million people are homeless throughout the world. The majority of them are women and dependent children. Did he not say a lot about the orphans and the widows? I could statistic you to death. But I think these are things we already know. If our nation honestly decided to follow Jesus, we would be the best. We would be the winner. We would be the champion at things that would not benefit ourselves. We would win in trying to look for ways to sacrifice our own best interests for the sake of another. And this is not the American way. I personally enjoyed the Twitter account, hashtag First World Problems. Now, let me take just a second to give you a tutorial. The hashtag is the number sign, and you string a bunch of words together without spaces, and you hope that it catches on, and it does in a lot of cases. Like when Bennett throws somebody out stealing second base. I hashtag never gets old, because it doesn't. It never gets old, and that should be a trend for all catchers in America. <laughs> well, first world problems is a trend, because listen to us and how we complain. This is a way of poking fun at our culture. So here are some tweets that end in hashtag first world problems. If you have no clue what I'm talking about, See me afterwards, I'll show you my phone, how it works, okay? <laughs> Here's the first one. Too much money in my wallet, cannot close it. Hashtag first world problems. The feeling when you just ate, but you're still hungry, but you don't know whether you should eat or not. Hashtag first world problems. Sometimes I get so busy I forget to eat, and other times I'm bored and all I do is eat. Hashtag first world problems. The biggest struggle is being really hungry, but nothing sounds appetizing. First world problems. I'm annoyed that my family only takes vacations to Costa Rica since we bought a house there. Hashtag first world problems. I have too much chips for my dip, but when I open more dip, I'll have too many dip for my chips. First world problems. I could go on forever, but here's the last one. I can't find my favorite pair of pants. They must be in my closet in my second home. Hashtag first world problems. These are meant to poke fun at ourselves, to name just how self-absorbed we really are. The truth is that most of us have no clue what a life of sacrifice, that kind of life that Jesus lived and embodied, is all about. We hope this sermon series 
has called us to step on our toes just a little bit. We've been in a Lenten series entitled Jesus and the American Culture, Conforming or Transforming. Park Road, from Woodlawn to Uptown, couldn't handle a Jesus parade. At least not any palm parade that he would have planned. Oh, that we would could really follow him. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.